0: This is The Resilient. I'm Alex Kretosky.
1: My name is Joshua Kennedy. I'm a VP of engineering at a startup.
0: Let's start with the personal life.
1: You know, when I have one outside of work, (laughs) it's mostly weekends and and evenings. You know, basically Tess and I, we live together and um, we like to watch movies, TV. And then on the weekends, we're usually outdoors, hiking or... Uh, grilling out, doing something like that for fun. you know. Now that we have a little one, it's changed a little bit, so hiking's a little more complicated. You have to be a little more careful about weather and um, other things that you don't plan on.
0: Let's rewind a little bit. Can you tell me about the day that you and Tess met?
1: It was five years ago, and she hosts a movie night. She was hosting a movie night every week, um, and they were watching classic films. And a friend of mine had been going, and I had just moved into a brand new house, which happened to be down the street. And my friend was like, hey, you should come to this movie night and, you know, meet all these people. It's just walking distance, you know, walk on down. So I did. And um, Tess was, it was her house and met her that evening and watched a film. Of course, you don't get to talk very much, you know, during movies. So I invited her over the next week to watch a different movie. And then after that, we just started talking more. So that's kind of how it started.
0: And what was it about Tess? What what was it? It was it was it her eyes, was it her laugh? Was it was it her choice of movies?
1: <laughs> uh, when I met Tess, it was later in life, so I'm a l i am I know a little bit more about what I'm looking for. And she kinda had the same attitude. It was like, you know, hey, I know exactly what I'm looking for. In fact, she told me, I think, within like three weeks or something, <laughs> you know, her long term plan. And um, you know, I was okay with it. And I thought, well, let's try this out for a little while longer and see where it goes. But um, once I kind of heard her vocalize it and we had that discussion, I was like, wow, this seems, you know, like this could really work. And uh, it really has.
0: So you guys have been together for five years. Um, and obviously, I'm assuming within the last couple of years, you've had some pretty serious discussions about your future. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And when you talk about you know, Tessa's game plan for the next however long, you know, she, she was driven, and motivated in a particular direction. Were kids always part of that game plan?
1: Uh, Yes, they were for her. And, you know, for me, I, when I was younger, I always thought I will have kids. And I think as I gained more life experience, I started realizing that a lot of the things I thought I would do or that I should do were because other people do them or because it's the thing to do. And I had started reevaluating a lot of these, these decisions and basically trying to, you know, clean up my life, make sure I'm doing the things I want to do and not wasting my time on things I don't want to do. And, um, you know, kids was one of those things I was discussing. It's like trying to decide between zero, one, two, there's all these options. And um, I had kind of settled on the side of, you know, like, I'll just let things happen and see where it goes. You know, I I don't really like to plan that kind of stuff too often, but I I had kind of started to settle towards zero a little more. And when Tess came along and said, well, that's not going to work. She's so cut and dry. So it was like, that was it. That was the end of the conversation. She had told me, this is after two years of dating. She's like, that's not going to work. And, uh, you know, so I had to really think about it. So I told her, I'm like, you know, honey, I need like a week. I need to really think about this because this is a great big decision. And I can walk away from you and I, or I can decide to do something I had sort of decided against. Not entirely, but, you know, that's kind of where my mind was. So I did. I thought about it for a week and I decided that uh, I wanted to stick with Tess more than I thought that not having kids was important to me.
0: What was it about Tess then that 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 did change your mind?
1: It was mostly just the way that we get along, you know, really. I feel like I can really communicate with her without a lot of um, trouble. So when I say something, she understands exactly what I mean. If I say it a certain way, she might even know why I said it that way, if I had a rough day or um, just bothered by something. And that's it's worth a lot to me, you know, communication it's important. And uh, it sort of makes everything easier. And I don't know. I just I felt like I couldn't pass it up.
0: And tell me about that that movie moment.
1: Yeah. So I was at work, and um, I at the time worked opposite of my close friend and coworker Scott. And you know, Scott and I we've been doing stuff together for a long time. So we're working together on a very tough project. And it's just one of those days we were deep in it. And then I get a text message on my computer from tests and it's just a picture of the pregnancy test and you know I saw it kind of flash by and I thought oh what's that so I click on it and then I look at it and it took me a moment and I'm like wow that's a pregnancy test and then I thought oh what does that mean and so I text her back right away I'm like what's that and she's like well that's a pregnancy test and it's my third one
0: (laughs) (gasps) did you know that she was testing did you
1: you didn't have a no she hadn't told me no I had no idea so then I'm standing there and I'm like oh boy you know, what does this mean? What are people going to think? You know, what does it mean for me? Um, so we discussed quickly, like, Hey, what's the plan just over text. And I'm like, well, this is fine. We talked about this. Let's just, let's just go forward. But I was still sort of in this state of shock and I couldn't think of anything else. So here I am trying to solve this nasty problem and I, I cannot think about it. And I'm not like that very often. I'm, I'm not easily distracted. And, uh, For me, that was really strange. Like, I I had to just stand there for a moment and not do anything. You know, eventually, I rationalized it by saying, well, this happens to everyone. Everyone does this. And uh, if all these people can do it, I can do it. This will be fine. And um, it just took me a while to come to that. And I think it was just sort of a shock. It wasn't something I was expecting at all. You know, then everything became so much more serious immediately. And, you know, I'd had this conversation with Tess and meant every bit of it but now it's here, right? And that just changed everything for me. And and I I think that's one moment in my life where I've I like literally I couldn't do anything for 10 minutes. I said to sit down.
0: Can you actually describe to me what you think your parents' parenting style was? Hmm.
1: <laughs> um, you know, my parents were pretty strict. They tried to be anyway, and um You know, like I wasn't allowed to watch R-rated movies until I was 17, like that kind of stuff. And, of course, I did, you know, but not at home, not under their watch. And, um, you know, that was the law, so that was what you did. And that was like that uh, in a lot of ways, you know. I was pretty restricted until I was 18, but once I became 18, there were no rules. You know, you could stay out as late as you want, go where you want, because you were an adult. But, you know, I have to when I think back about, like, the types of things we did, we always went on family vacations, and that was always great. I had a lot of fun with my parents doing that, went all over the U.S. And um, my dad was very, he was always trying to teach me things, which I think set me up in life, honestly, you know, Um, if it were working on the house or building something, it didn't matter. He was always involving me and I think it was really helpful.
0: So now let's talk about Tess's pregnancy. There are a lot of physical and emotional changes that she goes through as a woman. I mean, it's hormonal, it's all kinds of crazy stuff that's going on in there. What about you? How did you respond to those emotional and physical changes?
1: So I did buy one book, and it was strong fathers raise strong daughters. And so I think I was never too worried about the baby care, you know, taking care of a baby. I figured everyone's done it. I'll be able to do this. If I don't know how to do something, I'll ask my friends and family, and that won't be so bad. The one thing I'm worried about or or wanted to prepare is just how to raise a kid that I want to raise. That's the hard part, I think
0: now she's experiencing these physical transformations which is arguably a, a a good reason for a mother and a and a child to uh-huh. bond it's more difficult for a father and child to bond when it's it's you know it's within this woman whom you love Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a um, it's a separate little alien beast. <laughs> it really, you no, know, you don't have. Yeah, is it? I mean, is it an alien beast to you? How how did how how did that feel watching this this transformation? Yeah, I
1: pictured a cute alien more than an alien beast. I think, though, <laughs> so, uh, you know, the reference, the alien references, is, is very true because when the baby's kicking, you can you can see it, you know, and. Um, that was pretty crazy to see that the first time. And, and you know, also the ultrasounds. It's just like, um, you know, when you first find out, you realize, I mean, you you understand how things work. So you think, oh, wow, there's this baby in there. Okay. But when you hear the heartbeat, that was something else. You know, I didn't really expect to be um, sort of moved by that, but I was, you know, it's like, oh, wow, this is this is really real.
0: Why didn't you expect to be moved by that?
1: I don't know, because I knew it was there. I knew I'd hear a heartbeat. I knew what it would sound like. You know what I mean? I did had this full expectation and, and uh, the f- funny thing is is my expectation was dead on but it still moved me.
0: Tell me the birth story when when did everything kick off?
1: Yes, well Ada's been uh, fantastic so she decided she was going to come one morning Like I think it was like a Saturday morning. I don't remember what day it was, I don't remember what day of week it was but uh, it was like a morning so I just kind of roll over in bed and Tess is like dressed, standing beside the bed and has a bag And she says, You need to shower. We've got to go to the hospital. (laughs) And that was it. I was like, What? She just straight faced said, No, the baby's coming. We've got to go to the hospital, but go ahead and shower. I was like, Really? I was like, I can shower? She's like, Go ahead. I'm fine. So I did. I took a quick shower. And and then, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, we were out the door. There's a lot of false alarms, right? And so the doctor, she's like, Why don't you come into the office? So we did. And, um, you know, she put Tess up on the table and took a look. And she's like, the doctor was actually shocked and she says, oh my God, you're already six centimeters. So then she's like, you need to get a room like right now. And so we literally walked out of the, the OBGYN's office and the um, hospital's, you know, walking distance away, walked straight into the hospital and they took us right to our room. There was like no wait, it was nothing. It was like they had set it up before we even left the house. You know, the birth process is, it's pretty brutal in a lot of ways, you know? And I kind of knew that I've, I've watched them on video before, but I've never witnessed one and uh, let alone my own daughter, you know, being there. It's scary, except Tess was so calm that it's sort of contagious, you know? It's kind of like, oh, if she's okay, then I guess we're okay. (laughs) When the baby comes out and the doctors, you know, put her on test, we we had opted for this delayed cord clamping, so they let the mother hold the baby for, I think it was about three minutes, and then they cut the cord, and then they do the, the normal process, which is to, you know, check out the baby, make sure everything's okay, weigh her, clean her up a little bit. And, um, the moment that she came out though, you know, everything else sort of, it just wasn't important. You're just sort of looking at this baby and you're just staring at it. And, uh, I don't really remember what I was thinking, but I do remember just sort of being lost, you know, like what's next waiting for nurses or doctors to tell you what to do. Cause you don't really, you don't really know what to do yet. You haven't spent even an hour with the baby yet, but she's there, and she was certainly the most important thing in the room.
0: I've read some stories about women saying, you know, the the woman I was before, my child will never know the woman I was before. Who is the man that your child will never know?
1: I don't think I've changed too much, and I don't really intend to. I, I think that a lot of the habits and the ways that I am are the way that I am, and I plan on sharing them with my daughter, good or bad, right? So... I don't intend to change too much, though. I think, you know, she softened me in a way, maybe a little. I have to admit it, I guess. But um, there are times now where she wakes me up crying, and I think while I'm laying in bed, ugh. But <laughs> the moment I walk into the room and she looks at me and smiles, it's it's just gone. I, I think in the past I, I wasn't really like that. Like, if I, if I was awakened, I would just be upset. There was no coming out of it, you know. The next day when I could sleep and reset, I'd be okay. But... She does have that power to um, smile at you and everything's fine. you know what I mean? Crying and tired doesn't matter. And you make that comment about the woman, and, and I see it in Tess, right? I've witnessed the change. She has changed a lot. You know, I'm super impressed. I knew Tess would be a good mother because she wanted it so badly, you know, and she was so serious about it, and, and it was like a matter- of-fact thing for her that she was going to do this. It was just no it wasn't an answer. So, I kind of knew that she was she was going to be capable of, of being a really great mother, but my my goodness she just she just doesn't stop there's nothing that will stop her from taking care of the baby. she does everything she she needs to do and, and takes care of it all It's just amazing I don't really know how to describe it. She became a mother it was like for real
0: over the last four months i'm imagining that you have countless experiences where you just you just think that you're looking at your daughter and you just have this amazing moment or, or something that you guys have done, whether it's a hike or or something else that you've done. Uh, can you pick one for me and describe, just describe it?
1: So Tess went skiing, I guess. She went snowboarding one weekend and left me home. and Because uh, I'm not much of a snowboarder, so I was like, yeah, you go. I'll watch the baby. And that was a pretty harrowing experience because, um, you know, I was using frozen milk breast milk and um the baby just wouldn't take it you know and just trying to navigate this problem and and figure out why and being truly alone it was interesting you no know, Tess has been doing this for months at this time you know <laughs> for me it was a big deal but I think I think that first day that was you know the first day I sort of figured out like okay like this baby's communicating with me in one way or another and I just have to learn uh what she's trying to tell me and what she needs. And, you know, come to find out, the milk just didn't taste very good to her. She just didn't like it. So, got another one. It was fine.
0: How well do you think you and Ada communicate?
1: Uh, it's getting better every day. You know, now that she's sort of crystallizing into a, a tiny person, you can see them learning things and it's making it easier.
0: What would be your definition of a good father to Ada?
1: Someone who's uh, caring and understanding, able to, you know, listen to her and interpret what it is she she's experiencing and needs and then something that's really important to me too is is just teaching and um i have an infinite list of things that i want to teach her
0: like your dad do you want to you know get her involved in building activities and all that kind of stuff what what types of things
1: yeah all of it everything that i like you know and hopefully she likes them too and if not i'll have to i'll have to adapt to that (laughs) and be okay with that so but yeah there's Really nothing not on the list. I mean, uh, I'm excited to teach her everything.
0: Is there a thing that you can imagine that once you pass it on to her, that knowledge, that that object, whatever, you will feel, you know, it will be part of your fatherly duty to her?
1: So for me, I don't think it's so much one thing. I am a fan of Star Wars. And so that will be an, an extremely amazing moment, I think, the first time that I, I watched that with her. But, you know, it goes to music as well. And so sharing music and uh, I like to cook. So you know, she'll get to share that with me all the time. And so I'm looking forward to all of those things.
0: What do you hope she's going to take from this about how you view her now?
1: <laughs> well, I hope that she knows that I like her <laughs> in 15 years time. But, um, I, you know, I think, I think for her, the most interesting thing would be that, you know, before she came along, Tess and I had lives. We had separate lives and we had a together life. And, you know, now we have uh, a life that includes her. Right. And we took the best parts of all the other lives and we put them together. Right. And, uh, you know, overall, we've we've won and we have we're happier for it.
0: Was there anything that the book that the book gave to you, any kind of piece of any nugget that you've held on to that you've thought, okay, this is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this with me as a strong father raising a strong daughter.
1: You know, I actually haven't read the book yet, so I can't say. <laughs> I still have time. She's still in baby mode. It's sitting on the shelf. I'll get to it. <sighs>
0: and produced by me, Alex Kortosky and Pillow Fort Productions. The sound design was by Katie McMurrin. It's brought to you by flowerapp.com because life happens.